Hello and welcome to the Sexy Attempt Podcast. Season 2, Episode 2, with none other, Keith Lasley. Mr. Motherwell, nothing but admiration for Keith. Um, smashing taste in music. We talk all things about Keith's career, playing, coaching, grassroots, how he got there, done his coaching badges, and now he's assistant manager. What you'll notice is, this one was recorded last year, 2017, before the Scottish Cup final v Celtic. So you get a wee insight in what the build-up's like prior to the Scottish Cup final. I've got to thank you for his time. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did when I recorded it. Bye now. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast, how are you? Good, very good, uh, busy, um, you know, obviously a big, big couple of weeks coming up in preparation to the cup final, but no, big four, big league games before then, so, uh, you know, looking forward to this, this little period, final push. Massive games, massive, how does it feel actually being on the touchline now in these games, rather being in the thicket in the middle of the park, how, how's it, how are you adapting uh, to life? Is, it is different, there's no yeah. doubt. Um, you know, you get your, it obviously is a lot more like it's into it now in terms of my, you know, work during the week and preparation. Mm-hmm. And I think as a player, um, probably slightly different myself, certainly in the latter years, maybe you're the captain and you do start to think about different aspects of the game, different other people's games. And uh, But certainly as a young player, and we've got a young squad, you know, first and foremost, you think about your own performance and mm-hmm. what you can bring to the team, whereas when you come on this side of it, you know, you're looking at every aspect of the performance, every aspect of the preparation, mm-hmm. the opposition, obviously as well. So there's so much, so many different layers to it now. And you're at the side. Um, you know, you're still experiencing the kind of highs and lows, but it's it is different. Uh, there's no doubt. But I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. It's something you know I've been planning for to do and go into for for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, certainly, you know, when you get some of the results that we've had. It, it, still brings you know, great, a great buzz and great satisfaction. Excellent. Well, what first made you want to get into the coaching? I know you've you've said quite a lot that you, you've always wanted to do it, but what, what first triggered it? What was the... Well, it's a funny one really. I mean, I say I've always wanted to do it, which is probably not really true, to be honest with you. I've probably wanted to do it since probably kind of halfway through my career. Uh, you know, I came into football a different route. It was mm-hmm. you know, through my apprenticeship, electrician, which is obviously doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Uh, had a real job, if you like, before I kept getting into football. Um, and for me, football was only an opportunity that, particularly at the start, that I would go and give a go. But, you know, I'd maybe do it for a couple of years and then I'd fall back and mm-hmm. back to my old job, to be perfectly honest. But then, the more you get into football, you start to establish yourself, particularly for myself at Motherwell. And then you start to immerse yourself in the game and get into it. And, and uh, probably kind of halfway through my time at Mullow, I would say kind of mid-twenties, late-twenties probably. I went to my B licence, I always mm-hmm. remember it was Steve McGarry, who's is now playing out in, out in Australia every time, yeah. he's actually coaching out in Australia. Uh, and Steve and myself, there was an advert for a B licence mm-hmm. on at Stirling uh, University, uh, I think that was in 2006, so 12, yeah, 12 years ago. And to be honest, when we signed up, it was more a case of, Ugh, this course is on, let's go and do it. it wasn't, there mm-hmm. wasn't really any sort of plan yeah. involved. It was a case of, let's go and do it. You never know, um, uh, you know, what's followed down the line, but without real, a real plan as such. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we went and done it, and it kind of starts to, you think, you get in amongst the, the courses, the people, the, 
the people that run the courses and you think, okay, you know, you start to get a little kind of understanding of it and a little mm-hmm. bit like, kind of buzz for it. But even probably past my B license, even after that, I'm still thinking, ah, probably won't. You're still, you know, right at the football side of it, playing side of it, sorry. And I would probably say then going back to do my license was probably the, the point where I thought, you know, when I was in amongst that, you thought, right, I'm really getting a buzz for this now. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, I was probably another couple of years down the line, so probably about ten years ago, late twenties. And at that point, doing my license down at Largs, uh, you know, I could, I felt as if, you know, I think you feel as if, a, you want to get involved in it, but b. You need to start to think: Could I actually be any good at this? Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want like to just do things for, for the sake of it. Yeah. And probably after I completed my A, I felt right. Maybe I can. I've actually got something to offer at this side of the game. Uh, but that time, I'm obviously kind of getting close to my thirtieth birthday, and, yeah. and you know, as everybody, you, know, you get thirty, people think that's you, your job, doing work. And for me, I managed to play on for a bit, but mm-hmm. uh, you've got to start thinking about these things. What you actually are going to do after the game, and I, I would probably say at that point. Uh, although I've said I've always wanted to do it, I'd probably say it's from maybe kind of 30 onwards after mm-hmm. I thought and I felt as if I had something really to offer and then you know, I snowballed from there, through my youth licence went through, ultimately uh, completed my pro licence a mm-hmm. few years ago. Um, and, and as I said, it kind of snowballed and, and by that time I'd really marked out, I'd cleared in my mind, which is not always easy to do, there's that many different paths you can take coaching. Yeah. That I wanted to be involved at first team level. Mm-hmm. You know, I done my youth license. Almost done my youth license and not ruled out that I wanted to coach at youth uh, yeah. level. But it, it, it focused my mind that I, I felt as if you know I get my best out of myself mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be involved in, in fucking first team. Yeah. So um, yeah, and that's that's it really. And gradually started to get a little bit of experience at Mother. Would have been great with me in terms of working in the academy couple of years and then I got a chance mm-hmm. to go up Stevie Craig in the under twenties for yeah. kind of eighteen months or so and then, you know, ultimately, you know, the opportunity I've got at the moment, uh, which is obviously assistant manager, which, which is great. So it's been a gradual process but as I said, one that I've kind of always not always as I say, probably from late twenties been been working towards. You've built up towards. But uh, when you worked for the twenties you won the cup, didn't you? Scottish Cup? Yeah, it was funny, I was working last night in the game, wasn't it? Was, uh-huh. uh, That's what actually made me thought about it. Uh, last yeah, I mean, a great achievement for us, I've got to put that in there in terms mm-hmm. of you know doing the double we won the league yep. cup, which is no mean feat, having been involved in um, but yeah, Stevie Craig's done a fantastic job with the boys over the last couple of years and yeah, for me just to be involved and be a small part in that, um, you know, I was assisting Stephen um, and yeah, it was, it was a fantastic night, it really was, mm-hmm. honestly. It's again probably my first experience of, although I, I've got to say I was playing a small part in it, it was very much uh, Craig's team and preparation, mm-hmm. um, just to be a part of it and be there, uh, be on the side, uh, you know, yeah. I'm still playing at that point, but to be on the side and and to, to go through all the kind of emotions and the preparation of a coach, uh, it was brilliant and mm-hmm. obviously ultimately getting the, 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 the right result which was, was great, 5-2 I think it was in the end mm-hmm. against Hearts and, and yeah again it just gives you that kind of appetite if you like of you know, I really enjoyed that and, yeah. and you know that hunger for right you know it gives you a little insight into what you want to maybe go and follow down and go, mm-hmm. and, and, go and do so. Um, yeah, hopefully I'm not have the feelings again in a couple of weeks' time and we hope so. we're back out of Hamden. But no, that was a fantastic experience mm-hmm. and um, you know, we had a lot of Mullow fans here that night as well and, and yeah, it was just a, a great night for the club. Uh, I don't think, I think it was the first time the club have ever won it and uh, 
the first team that point, we get through a little bit of sticky patches. Mm-hmm. It was almost brought a little bit of light to the club season yeah. as well, which was I think was really important at the time. No, absolutely. You, you spoke about being on the sideline there at Hamden. What, what was the feelings like on the sideline? Because obviously you've played there a bit as well in, in big games. What was it like actually being on the sideline in contrast to being on the park and, and playing again and being in thicket where you can control what's happening? Yeah, it's, I mean, you don't have as much control. I mean, your control's probably during the week, mm-hmm. building up to it, and the yeah. week's building up to it. Um, you know, for ourselves, for instance, the Scottish Cup, you're already, you're already starting to plan yep. things and you know, look at different things on the training pitch. Um, so I think when it gets to match day, almost 90% of your influence is, is already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas as a player, you know, 100% of your influence is on the day, if you like, oh, you know, or, or pretty mm-hmm. much. You've obviously prepared the, uh, before, but you know, you, you go out and carry it out. Whereas with coaching, I think it, it, so much of your work is done prior, and, and all we're really trying to do then is tweak it, you know, and seeing if what you've worked on has worked, mm-hmm. if what the, the opposition have done, they're doing, or are they doing something different, or you know, set plays, and, and all these things. But um, so it's different, you know, your, your, your mind is racing about so many different things, you know, so many different aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. As I said before, right at the start, as a player, you know, you're trying to carry out that plan that your coach has given you and basically trying to play as well as you yep. can for your team and solely focused on that. Um, but it's great, as I said, we've, we've got us actually, this will be our fifth time, you know, we played Queen's Park mm-hmm. earlier in the League Cup and for myself just to be, you know, just myself or for the club to, mm-hmm. to be there uh, for, for, what, for what will be our fifth time in one season is just remarkable, I think. It's the first time since the 50s, I think, since the club's been the two finals. Yeah. Um, and just to be, you know, when you come into coaching, you hope that you can have these sort of days and these sort mm-hmm. of challenges and pick your wits against, you know, likes of Brendan Rodgers and his staff on such a big occasion is what you do it for, really, is what you Absolutely. come into it for. And, and, and to have the chance to do that once again on, you know, on the 19th of May will be, will be great because you, you want to test yourself, you want to go against the best. I was like that as a player and you, know, you want to do that as a coach. So, um, It'll be, it's a different buzz from a player, but it's certainly, mm-hmm. you know, you get a big buzz out of it. But how do you prepare for Celtic just now? How, um, they seem to be unstoppable many, even though you've done it this season. Well, this that, that, that is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we take confidence from, I think we've played Celtic four times now. I think, is that right? Three, three in one week, then we've played them, yes, yeah, yeah. so four times uh, so far. And we feel as if three out of four times we've been really... Mm-hmm. Close, yeah. Um, you know, two draws at home in the league, um, and the cup final itself, the league cup final, where we felt, you know, we were we had a decision here or there without going too much into it. Yeah. We, were, we were certainly well in the game and um, uh, right in it. Uh, you know, I think the three games in the week, the third game at Parkhead, you know, we were soundly beaten. And yeah. I think mentally and physically, we'd, we, it just it did certainly take a lot of mm-hmm. confidence. But you know, that's what gives us confidence. You know, we prepared. Uh, you know, for the three games were close. We felt as if we, we did prepare very well in terms of our plan and how we wanted to approach Celtic. So, without giving too much away, um, you know, we feel as if we have prepared well in the past. That mm-hmm. gives us confidence to yeah. prepare well again. Uh, and as always, you know, at different times of the season, Celtic are maybe you know there's different little things that they're playing, maybe a, a, a couple of personnel have changed since the last time we played them, or set of plays, or things, so it'll be, yeah. it'll be slightly fresh in that account, but I think the underlying factor in all of it is how we perform on the day, uh, and 
think that's been a big strength of ours, particularly in the bigger games that our boys have turned up. Absolutely. You know, turned yeah. up big style and, and you know, that's what we're going to need to do again. Um, you know, regardless of uh, planning and, and uh, you know, you can be as meticulous as one, you know, unless it's the real position. If you don't play to your strengths and, and, and play as well as you can, then yep. you, know, you can do all the analysis you want. Um, so, uh, you know, Celtic, in all probability, will be trying to make their own, you know, bit of history. Um, but so will we. Mm -hmm. We, as I said, we, we take confidence from our previous uh, encounters. And as I said, on the big stage, we, the boys have turned up. You know, let's hope we can continue to do that. No, absolutely. Incredible achievement. It's an incredible achievement. So, congratulations to you guys. No, how, how did you balance the, because I know the pro, especially the pro, I know you've done the A and the B, um, but how did you balance the pro with playing as well? Because you were still playing at the time, so how did you manage to do that? Because it's quite intense, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is intense, tough, really enjoyable, but hard, mm -hmm. hard work, um, which it probably should be, um, to be honest, because, again, once you come into this side of the game, particularly, um, you know, the... You know, the higher up the levels you go, uh, the demand on the job is big. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's so many different scenarios that can occur on a weekly, daily basis. Um, so you need to try and be as prepared as you can. And the pro license is a great, it's a, it is a great course. It's fantastic. I learned so much on it. Coming to the SFA, um, and you know, learning from the course itself, from the peers that are on the course, is probably as important actually yeah. uh, in the course itself. Um, but it's challenging. It's a challenging two years. It's less constant, um, you know, work to be done, assignments. It's constant learning, mm -hmm. constant uh, assessment, uh, and culminating in your, you know, what you hand in, which is almost like a dissertation and you know, your final interview process. So it's a very, very challenging process, as I said, as it probably should be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I get under time constraints, as you mentioned in your question, was was a challenge because you're trying to. Particularly when I was playing at latter age, at latter end of my career, you're trying to look after your body as well so much, and, um, and, and you're maybe trying to juggle your time basically in terms of trying to because it does take a lot of time mm -hmm. the pro license, yeah. um, you know, to get all your stuff sorted and, and handed in and visits. We've done a lot of visits away to UEFA and club visits and things like that, which which are fantastic and I was lucky although I have an understanding manager yeah. or two uh, <laughs> that, that let me you know, maybe take some time off mm, definitely. There, which in the heat of a season isn't always the easiest thing to mm -hmm. allow so I was grateful for that um, but while we, while we were still playing uh, it, it, it was still I used to think about coaches and managers that were on it because mm -hmm. there normally is actually coaches managers yeah. there's not many players on it there's only one or two that were on it to be honest um, but I used to think how they get the time. Mm -hmm. Now coming into this side of it, yeah. when you feel as if you're just twenty-four seven, you know, as, a, as an assistant, yeah. and I see what the manager does. You know, turn that up again mm -hmm. in terms of his workload and, and, and um, yeah, his time spent. And I used to think to myself, how are these guys I do doing it? it? No, you know, no. because you know the job is so twenty-four seven. The course is you know pretty intense. And I used to think to myself, how are these guys actually doing it? But um, but they did in the end, and and it's as I said, the course is is great. Stevie Hamill actually, Stevie McManus, who at club at the moment, on at the moment, and I was warning them to keep up with their work uh -huh. uh, because when it gets to the end, it's uh, when you're trying to bring everything together, it can, it can oh. get a bit stressful. But um, but it's great for your education, for your outlook, for your 
probably ruling stuff out as much as in in terms of your own how you think the game should be played yeah. and you know you get to listen to so many different voices and different opinions Absolutely. from people all over the world it, it does it really helps you mm-hmm. hold what you think the right the right way is so uh, but it was it, it was fantastic and the time was a challenge but I, I managed to do it in the end after you completed it did you think it would be so soon that you would move into being the assistant at Mallow? Was that already in place or was it you're going to play a wee bit more and maybe think no, about it? Or? No, it wasn't in the plan at all to be honest with you. Um, I think at that point Mark was still the manager, Mark McGee. Um, I was still playing, I still had a, I had to trigger a clause by playing so many games, mm-hmm. but I did. And um, I actually triggered another year's playing contract. Yep. While all that was going on, Mark left the club, Stephen Robinson then came back in, yeah. uh, initially a kind of caretaker uh, role to the end mm-hmm. of the season. Um, and in that period, you know, uh, you know, in the summer, sorry, the manager made it clear that he, he wanted to offer me an, op- an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a big decision for me, you know, I mean, just giving up, I'm not giving up, but the decision to stop playing yeah. after you know, 17 years playing football mm-hmm. um, and probably feeling as if I probably did have another year in me, yeah. to be honest. I still feel, uh, I mean, I played 30 odd games, I think, the season before, mm-hmm. so it wasn't as if I was, you know, I'd maybe played a handful uh-huh. of games and I was climbing on for Legs still had it in them. Ah, yeah, I, still I, had just, it. I still feel as if I did, I, I felt mm-hmm. as if I could, I could play another year, but, you know, the manager was pretty very honest with me. He said he felt as if I was, um, you know, I maybe wasn't going to play as much the following year. Yep. Uh, if I was decided to, uh, you know, keep mm-hmm. or, you know keep playing, was that putting a wee bit of pressure on? I, I don't know. I mean, I think he was genuine, being very genuine. Yeah. That, and I, I think he seen me as a good influence in the dressing room and thing. But he just said that he wanted to shake the squad up. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, he did. He went yeah. on to do that. Uh, you know, in great fashion. You know, yeah, and definitely brought some really good players to the club. So he was very honest. Um, and and, and but the one thing he said to me was, would I consider, you know, being his assistant? Mm-hmm. So it was a lot to take in, uh, you know, the stop of playing first and foremost, and then, you know, taking the opportunity. Yeah. So I had so much to weigh up in the summer, I spoke to my family, you know, seek the advice of, uh, you know, a few different people, mm-hmm. uh, close to the club and people that I trust. And, you know, the advice was mixed, to be honest, you know, some get people saying that, you know, just keep playing as long as you can, and, and, yeah. and others saying, no, look, these opportunities don't come up very often at a place Definitely. that you know and, uh, and love and, and you know a great place to learn as well so um, ultimately it was it was honestly like pros and cons and and, and probably in the ultimate it was my gut feeling and mm-hmm. my gut feeling was it was just the right opportunity at the right time Aye, um, timing was right for it the timing that I think was, was just right um, I, you know said yeah possibly could have squeezed another year but I just felt yeah I, I, considering all, everything the time was right to take the opportunity and you know I did and uh, certainly thankful to the manager uh, for, for, for giving me that opportunity so uh, and since you know what I've tried to do is just try and give it everything you know give it all and um, yeah so far so good I think and just you know I, I understand the game I'm in it's, it's, it's twists and turns on a, a weekly basis but certainly up until now I think it's been more good than bad and um, you know I'm just really enjoying it really, really enjoying the role. Brilliant. Sounds exciting anyway, especially with the season you're having. So, it's um, you've spoke about that there. What's Steve Robinson like to work with? What's he? 
I know you said it was great with you with the, the license and stuff, but yeah. what is it like to work with on a day-to-day basis? Um, no, very good. Um, very organised, very meticulous in his approach to, to everything, really. Mm-hmm. You know, not just, you know, you probably say that and you think, oh, just tactically, and yeah. thing, which he is. But probably his approach to everything, uh, round about the club, uh, the way we prepare, the recruitment, which yeah. was massive, uh, because there was a big turnaround in, in players, which was probably needed. Uh, which was needed, and uh, you know he's managed to do that. Uh, you know, mould a, a hungry, honest group of lads there, yeah. which is not easy to do in a short period of time. And I think he's um, he's managed to do that. And you know, somebody who demands every day, which I think is probably aligned with myself, which is mm. good. Because, you know, I think we carry probably a lot of similar values, and yeah. we want to go about it, uh, even with the intensity we want to go about it on a daily mm. basis. Um, so a lot of our asp- you know, a lot of our kind of vision of the game, I think, is quite close, which I think has helped. Yeah. Because um, uh, which you know, when you put just two people together, it's it's not always the case. But I, I think that's been a, a, a helping factor, and you know, I'm pretty sure the manager would probably say the same thing. Um, in terms of the job itself, it gives me a lot of responsibility, yeah. uh, which is great. Uh, you know, it's almost like from day one, it's like where you go, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, certainly no kind of settling in period. It's, mm-hmm. it's straight on, but it's probably been the best thing for me. Um, you know, it lets me get involved in everything really, all aspects yeah. of the preparation. You know, the analysis we spoke about and the uh, of opponents and, and then the training itself, the practical training um, out on the pitch. Uh, yeah, just I mean, all aspects of it. So great, I think there's you know you're always building that element of trust and, and, and togetherness in all aspects of the game, uh, building that relationship between the two of us. But I think that you know that'll that will evolve mm-hmm. um, as as the time goes on and I think it has evolved pretty well over the season. Uh, and as I said, I think a lot of our aspects of the game are very similar. So um, I think that's why it's been, you know, hopefully up to now certainly been a good a good partnership if you like in that in that regard. No, absolutely. And you like celebrating a goal. Yeah, we like you love to celebrate a goal. I like that. Like Cause some pe- some managers you see just kind of stand there and they're like, mm-hmm. it's, it's I mean, I'm like, again, you take advice for that, and it's one of the big bits of advice I've had and carry is you know not to get too high when it's yeah. good moment, good moments, and try not to get too low and yeah. you know, just treat success and failure as the same imposter. I think mm, as I say goes, but mm. um, it's when you're in that certain moments, it is hard and. And I think, as we, you know, as we spoke about earlier, you put so much into this side of it in terms mm. of the pre- you know, everything that goes along Absolutely, with it. Yeah. That when you do get that moment, uh, you know, I, think, I can think of a couple, like Carol McHugh's against Hearts yeah. last minute, um, you know, semi-final Rangers, I think. Uh, Two great happened. goals as well. Great, great goals. And when you get them over that, it's hard. Ah, I could imagine. And, listen, we're in this game, it's work and it's full on and it's... It's uh, you know a lot, lot, lot of stress, lot of you know, um, yeah, work probably. Uh-huh. And when you just get that moment, it's 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 hard because you love the game. You know, you're in it because it's your job, but you're in it because you love football. And Definitely. When you see one of your players go and doing something, as, especially as some of the other mm-hmm. players this season, it's it's hard not to react. And it's I we've, we've certainly enjoyed a few moments this season. No, definitely, I love it. I, I love seeing people celebrating. I don't like seeing people acting cool and yeah. standing there with their hands in their pockets or their arms folded. Ah, you think just go on and let the emotion out. Let's yeah. have a burst of emotion. Just the last bit I want to touch on in the coaching side of it for, for yourself, Keith. 
Is there ambitions down the line for you to become a manager as time goes on? Or I'm not saying you want to jump into management tomorrow. That I hope people don't take that wrong way. But is there an ambition one day? Keith Lazarly uh, might be a manager. Mullow, maybe. Sorry, I don't want to Steve out of no, job I don't want to do my job. But is it, it? Uh, I don't. Um, uh, is that yes, there? Yes, I think there is. Well, I know there is. Yeah. Um, but I'm certainly not in a hurry. Yeah. Now. You know, uh, it's. I think you can you can only do so much planning in football, and then you know football does the rest, almost good or bad. Mm. Uh, you know, you're either out one door, down the uh-huh. other, and hopefully opening another door up there. Definitely. Um, but I think ultimately, yeah, I'd like to 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 have a crack at mm-hmm. it at some point. Where that is, when that is. I just love hearing stories about football and stuff like that, so it gets me. In the day, I love doing the podcast and stuff, but I'm a fan, so I love hearing yeah, things. I'm, a, I'm an absolute fan of football. So, we spoke about your, your coaching career. Um, where, where did your playing career start? Was it in a street? Was it in a wee park? Was it an ash park? Um, People forget about ash parks because we're sitting at this lovely place. I know you don't Where did it all begin for you? Well, probably. A bit of a mixture of both in terms of ash parts and mm-hmm. out in the street, really, to be honest. Um, probably my first memories are playing with my friends out. We used to use a shop front, one of the wee shops, just kind of down the hill from my house. Mm-hmm. And the kind of shop front, the way it was, was pretty much the size of a goal, oh, a football goal. Perfect. So that was perfect. Aye, I mean, Brilliant. Uh, we used to have kind of metal shutters on the, on the windows. Uh, so it was, um, that was kind of the nets, you know, you get a kid on, that's the nets. Um, but that was it, I, I mean, a mixture of that and, you know, playing on an ash bar, you know, the nets, one ball, Horrendous. Know, a, big, a big sidey kind of thing. We, I have two older brothers, so, mm-hmm. um, which, funnily enough, I think, I think helped me. I was playing with older boys and, 
and probably for the age of six or seven, I was playing with guys at 11, 12, mm-hmm. you know, pretty regularly. Competitive? Always uh, competitive well, when you were playing? Ah, exactly. And, and, and that's what it was, you know, and we used to get, it was, we used to have teams going on, you know, it, it became a bit of a regular thing. It was mm-hmm. an organised game, but it was uh, like, like my team will play your team, and you'd get a, and it was all a mix of ages. Yeah. But which, you know, interestingly, fast forward to the pro ice, you know, and you start to think of these <laughs> group games, yep. and, you know, um, does it help, you know, help boys progress and things like that? So, mm-hmm. but, but, but anyway, so I that was it, and, you know, back then it was none of your fun fours and all that, it was, like, it was under 10, basically, uh, then played, and I think I started when I was seven, maybe started playing under 10s then. And that was it, really, and it was going on a Saturday morning, my dad, uh, you know, like he did with my two older brothers, he dropped me here and mm-hmm. everywhere, um, and going and, going and playing for boys club football, I'm from Erskine, I visited, yep. so it was, you know, a couple of boys clubs in Erskine, Partner and Erskine Boys Club, pretty much all the way through to, Brilliant. you know, 16, and that was, and that was it really, and, and you know, in for school, dump the bag, out you go, back in for your dinner, back out, back in, <laughs> when, it, when it gets dark, and that was, that was the routine. Um, you know, pretty much seven days a week. Aye. Very shine. Uh, aye, you know, certainly a lot to be said for that in terms of playing your pals. And oh, absolutely. Still in their own way in terms of, I mean, you like the ball and it's getting, well, I was ever good at that, but you, you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the development, playing with the ball, yeah. basically, you know, for reals and reals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, aye, it's, that's certainly a good grounding in that, in that regard. Um, and that was it. And then, you know, after that, you know, I was speaking earlier, I ended up going to Glenifer for a few and mm-hmm. years uh, for, for, for a short time. And my big break came in Billy Davis was, came to coach my, mm-hmm. uh, it was actually Glenifer at the time, um, at Longwood Sports Centre. And it was just at round about the time Billy was going to get a, a yeah. job at Motherwell. Uh, and I think he knew that fact and, you know, he just got a phone call. And was, as you said, I was in my kind of third year apprenticeship as, a, mm-hmm. as an electrician. I'd left school at 15 to go and get an apprenticeship. Um, and by that time, I thought my chance had gone, to be honest yeah. with you. But, um, you know, football was kind of just a hobby. That was mm-hmm. it. I thought my chance of full time had gone. And, uh, you know, eventually I asked me up and went and played a couple of reserve games. Bizarrely scored two goals, scored a goal in each of the games, which they must have thought, who's this prolific <laughs> goal scorer? And then Simon thought, who's this with Simon? a goal scorer, mate, pretty quickly. Um, but I managed to score a couple of goals and play well in the two games, and then that was it. And took a, a well, a, a funny story about what it was, I, I had still got to finish my trade test, um, and I only went and bloody failed it, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> so I was saying, I got my trade test Thursday, uh, turn up on the Friday, bang, and I had the phone Billy Davis now. When I got my results through mm-hmm. the following week, and I said, hey, there's been a wee bit of a problem, we may need to wait a wee while, and I had to wait, go through the process, applying oh. again, so it was just another few weeks down the line. And, and to be fair to Billy, he was desperate to get me in, mm-hmm. and, and so it was, it was a bit embarrassed for him up to be nah, like, hey, um, hey, by the way, I've made a... I've made an arse it, I need to go back and set my trade test again. So anyway, because my dad wanted me to do that, and yeah. I felt it was important, I felt it was important myself as well. Definitely, yeah. Three and a half years doing an apprenticeship, mm-hmm. and away, so I went and uh, eventually passed it, and um, aye, that was it, went to Mullow, took a pay cut to go to Mullow for my third year apprentice wages, and uh, and that was it really, joined Mullow, and um, aye, I suppose the rest is, the rest is, 
history. History, aye, yeah. as they say. So it was, it was great you talking about the, when you were younger there, because I used to play here. I grew up in this area, ah, cast right. down here, so when this was old ash parks and all that. Ah, and right. we used to have what you see as the big sideies. And you'd hear, my mum and dad just stay across there, so you'd hear the shout for aye, your tea, aye. And, and you would run like a wind, wolfy tea down, back out. Halfway through the game, you'd get a stitch. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to wait it. It's coming, it's coming. Aye. But you'd shake it off and get on with it, oh, and you were away yeah. until it went dark, and it was... They were the best memories for me. Uh, I mean, I loved when, when I was younger, I went into pro youth and then get a chance to play with Hamilton and Dumbarton as it went on and I got older. But for me, it was a young kid out in the street for your mates. And as you say, you played against the older ones aye. and you used to get a shit knocked at you. Aye, aye. And my mum would always, the first few times, she's like, who have you been fighting with? Who have you? Nobody. Nobody, it's a football. And then one day I came in my lap. <laughs> what did you do? I went up for a header and the guy headed me and he's like, we're fighting. And it was, it was all our football, it was never, oh, it does, it does didn't get that. too physical, but there would always be a wee haymaker throwing uh, again. And no, listen, it's, it's something that I think, even in the academies, you know, you work, I worked in, you know, where 17s it was, mm-hmm. so didn't go too low. But I know, again, it's a kind of easy thing to say, but I just don't think the boys are exposed to that level of, um, even physicality. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, Within the academy system, it's it's um, you know there's some really good guys involved in it, and you know some of the coaching's great. But mm-hmm. I just I just especially our country, you know, and I understand everything that's going on until we're trying to make our boys technically more sound, which is you know, I'm 100 percent behind yep. absolutely. Um, but I don't think we should lose that competitive element that we've got in our DNA, really. Aye. You know, and I think that's what. I mean, you think back to some of the best Scotland teams down the side, uh, you, know, you know, your Dalglishes and Sunnises and, you know, even in back to Dennis mm-hmm. Law and I, I, you know, I stop it, these guys can mix it when they're uh-huh. mix it. You know, they're very good players, very good technically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I found that out of 17s is the boys were kind of scared to touch each other. Uh-huh. They, don't, they don't really, uh, for instance, a young boy, Alan Campbell, was mm-hmm. in the first team. Yeah. And Alan, at 15, 16 year old, not the greatest technically, you know, no, okay, mm-hmm. still probably improving technically, yeah. which he is really improving technically. Um, but at that age, no great technically, you know, not a, playing a classic academy yeah. player, if you like. But I tell you what, he, he, his um, appetite to not just, and I'm not talking about being around kicking people, mm-hmm. but I just mean to make contact with people, to get them off the ball, to, to win mm-hmm. possession, or just the use of his body, yeah. you know, to use his body to, to roll away from somebody or bump them before the ball comes so you get put them off balance. Mm-hmm. He's the best young player I've ever seen at that, yeah. doing that. Best, honestly, at 15, 16 year old, he was, he was like an old man in a young player's body, uh-huh. the way he's, he thinks. And he's still like that, the way he reads yeah. the game is, is great. And that's probably his thing, that's what makes mm-hmm. him stand out. But you just don't see many boys like that. through that kind of understanding of their using their body, mm-hmm. using their attribute. You know, one is that down to them not being strong enough to do it for a start, but two, it's just that knowledge of using it. You know, using your arms, using your body, using Absolutely. And, you know, again, a bit to go off on a tangent a wee bit, but, um, you know, lucky enough to play so, so many European games at, at Motherwell, mm-hmm. and that is, particularly playing in, in, in midfield, that's the one big thing I noticed, the difference between us yep. and, and European players. Mm-hmm. 
is I they get great technique and all that, but I tell you what, they use their bodies. They, you, you, I, I was going to press boys and they were just like, they'd actually, they want you to press them. Mm-hmm. They want you to get close and to them. Invite it. And then they just use their body and roll away from mm-hmm. you. You know, and, and you, or else, they'll just, sometimes, yeah, they'll maybe drop and do a foul, which, you know, I certainly you know, don't want to start advocating that, but they just use their body to their advantage. Mm-hmm. So they either use it to gain a fill or they use it right in you come and either fuck it round you or but they want to feel you you know they want your body aye, what, no, they want there. contact all mm-hmm. the time whereas well boys I think it's like oh I'm going to pass a spot before aye, it comes to me before somebody comes you don't want to touch it it seems to be somebody's know, dying out the game yeah. there, but you think all the way mm-hmm. back to the game is a street football and no, it's like Aye, smashing into tackles and and the tackles then come into that yep. smashing into tackles and that comes in and the timing comes a tackle doesn't it first aye. it's just kicking something it's then you get real timing tackles and, mm-hmm. and then you're used to using your body you're not scared to use no your body. absolutely you know the mm-hmm. old fashioned shoulder to shoulder to shoulder aye oh, it's, it's, and that's one thing I think that we shouldn't get away from mm-hmm. and as I said Alan Campbell for me is a perfect example of that and that's why he's He's, you know, he's, he actually stood out a mile at that age mm-hmm. just because he was different. Aye. He's, 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 he's not the same player. Aye. Thing. You know, he, he's standing out a mile. Because it's a thing that's it's big in the game these days, and I, I'm, I'm not wanting to slate the game or anything, but it's always about pass, 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 isn't mm-hmm. it? It's always possession and stuff. That's great, yeah. as long as there's a purpose behind it. But yeah. what you're saying is, how do they use their bodies? How do yeah. they? And you look even the players up here that do it, players down south that do it. And you think, well, maybe we're slowly but starting to get back to that. I mean, we've got a girl I work in at Glasgow City. Mm-hmm. We've got a young girl, Hannah Scott. And everybody, oh, great number 10, one of the best. She is, but she always does the dirty side of the game as well. Because yeah. she wants the ball, she always wants on it. She always on that, but just what you said, that we half turn. And she's probably about this height. Yeah. But she uses her bum well uh-huh. to protect the ball, and she uses her upper body, and she's tiny. Just the way she uses her body, and it's quite—it's evident when you see young players. Some, some of them have got it, yeah. some of them don't. Yeah. And some, as you say, some of them don't want it. It's like, oh no, wait a minute, I don't. Whereas when I was younger, it was one big part of mine was tackling. I, I used to like a tackle, um, and I think I came back for. I used to actually play, go and train, and then go back out with my mates at night, mm-hmm. and then school or whatever it was, and it went. But when I used to come down to Weirs with my old boy and Billy was there, I'd always try and get involved. They'd end up chasing me. Aye. Like, get to on you go, aye, you're aye, tiny. Aye. But I'd try and get involved and I, I didn't hesitate to try and tackle <laughs> a full-grown guy. I would never hesitate. I'd bounce aye. off him for a mile, but I'd think, right, well, maybe if I go the other way next time, I might get it or if I get it. And, and it came at the point, I think I went to date and one of them just brushed me out the road and flung me and I was like, ah, card marked. That's <laughs> it, you're getting it. Exactly. You're getting it. So, but it was it was learning things like that and learning playing with older boys and stuff, and it, it made you no fear, didn't it? You had a no fear kind of mentality about you. Just you know, again talking about that, you know, using your body sort of idea. Even for you know the defenders, I think watched the game last night. Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. It's the big boy Godin. Yep. I mean that guy. I mean some people might just call him a dirty thingy, but. Aye. He is so good. He is so good because he's just the use. The way he uses his body is the be- I think he's the best defender Aye. in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting in in front of people, bumping them before the ball. But all this, Aye. you know, I spoke about earlier. And to me, that's something that he, you know, like, as a young boy coming through it, and uh, you know, the Italians mm-hmm. have always like a great name for it. The South Americans have always like a great name yep. for it. Um, and there's an art to it. You know, it's not about, not about smashing people. It's there's an art to doing it, and you know, I think he's another great example mm-hmm. of that. And I know that's you know, we're going to the very top level of the game here, 
but um, you know, somebody like him, I think, should be able to use as an example for our young play, our, our young defenders, our young mm-hmm. centre halves. They say, "Ah, yeah, you might want to drop down to the corner of the box and go on the ball, and Aye. you know, play to the wing back that's you know high and wide, and the the, the, the CDM that's dropped mm-hmm. down and going half time, you know, and all that, which is great. Yeah, let's do that. You know, let's try and you know build that mentality of defenders being able to play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely." But I tell you what, let's not lose that art of defending and first and foremost. It's their job, aye. Which is their job. And, you know, let's show them. Mm. Let's show them guys like this who are the absolute best in the world. Definitely. At keeping the ball at their net. And, and the, again, to me, the use of their body is, is massive. Who was your heroes growing up? Who did, who did you look up to? In and out of football? Because everybody always just thinks heroes in football. No, but. I know. Um, what's well, a funny one for me? I'm... I'm uh, Everton was my team growing up, mm-hmm. which is a bit different, but my dad's a scouser. Aye. I spent a lot of time with Liverpool's youngsters. Ah, right, okay. Easter, mm-hmm. school holidays, we spent in Liverpool, yeah. basically. So, um, I was a black sheep of the family. My, my dad and my two older brothers are both Liverpool fans. Right. Uh, you you went right against the grain. <laughs> I went right against the grain. It was really my, my uncle. I, I'm, uh, long story short, I'm basically very similar ages to my cousin down there and mm-hmm. his dad. Uh, they were both big Everton fans, yeah. and anyway, because I was the same age as him, I used to get, I was really pally with him, yep. I used to play about with him and all that, and he was always mm. Everton, 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 so anyway, I just, you know, get taken a couple of games, and I uh, was an Everton strip about that, <laughs> you're in, and um, and it coincided with probably one of the best Everton teams in history in the mid-80s, mm. uh, um, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, Andy Gray's, Graham Sharp, Peter Reid, Kevin Sheedy, Trevor Stephen, Gary Stevens, you know, mm-hmm. the football team, Neville Southall. Um, so, without it being an individual, I'd probably say it would probably be that team. That team. You know, that Everton team growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in 79, so that was kind of mid to eight, late 80s, so I was eight, nine, ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I think that's when you're just starting to fall, right, this is my team. That's right, you. Everton, Everton, you know, every strip at Christmas. And I'll, you know, the away strip for my birthday, the away strip, ah. strip for my Christmas trackie, it's, it was, that was it really, um, you know, been so many games at Goodison and, and unfortunately I've not been for a long time, but, um, but I'd probably say that, 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 that team mm-hmm. to me were, were, were just brilliant, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of been downhill since then, to be honest with you, but, um, uh, and I'm, I'm a wee boy now, uh, Fallen off with Alfie, who I named after Uncle Alfie, who mm-hmm. used to take me to the Everton games. Uh, and I'm trying to stick, get him to stick in with Everton strip nah. for Christmas. He gets the Everton ah, strip, brilliant. he gets the Everton home strip, he gets the Everton. And he's like, can I know, support Man City? Or, <laughs> and you know, he's like, Aguero and Silva. He's looking for the glory, he's looking for the glamour. All these teams, and I'm like, no, Everton, no, they're good. They'll get there. They'll get, get there. But, um, so in terms of football, I'd probably say Everton and that, that team at that time, who were, as I said, they were, they were mm-hmm. uh, you know, the best team in England at, 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 at that time. Um, and if I hadn't been, unfortunately, for high school and things, they won the league and that was the year the English teams get banned. So, yep. uh, to me, there's no doubt in my mind they could have gone on to win a European, you won a cup winners cup. Aye. To me, that team was good enough to go win a European cup. European that's, cup. That's kind of standard that mm-hmm. they were at. So football terms then, and I mean, kind of on football terms, Probably my family, to be honest, my two older brothers and my dad. Yeah. So my dad's such a big influence on me. Uh, in terms of, you know, again, he's the one that was there every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, 
he'd already done all the same for my two older brothers, obviously, yeah. but he was the one that, uh, you know, totally that I had to make my own way sometimes, as, as was back in the way, back mm. in the day, right, you've trained the night, right, right go and get the bus and go then, you know, it wasn't a case of, but when he had to maybe take me a game or whatever, he was the one that was Aye. take me and he'd come and watch and, and he was quite vocal as well, in fact he was a manager himself, he was yeah. an amateur manager, so I don't know where that's like, where, maybe where they're coaching and managing. Ah, it's uh, crept uh, into you a wee bit, and uh-huh. crept in, but, um, so very opinionated, mm-hmm. uh, my dad, even at the side, and my, my mates still remember about it, that the Yankees actually shouted at my mates more than they shouted at me, <laughs> and they liked to uh, shout at all, 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 the, all the team, not just me, which uh, still brings a laugh to, to me and my mates, uh-huh. to be honest, but um, true with that, I'd probably say him, uh, he still comes to my games, he's 70 now. Brilliant. Uh, and uh, I, as I said, somebody that's been there through the whole kind of process, if you like. So uh, I probably him. Uh, he's been part of the adventure and the journey. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same as well. I've, I'm big and my dad. He he first took me to my my wee boys' club. My next door neighbour ran the team. Uh, and uh, I was kicking about in the streets and I said, "All right, you come for a game." And I was like, "Aye, aye, I'll come play." So I went to training. We trained a big grass bit on cast milk, just grass jumpers down for the goalpost, go and play. He says, where'd you play? And I went, striker. I went, right, go to right back. And I was like, what? And he's like, go to right back. And I went, I'm a striker. I was like, do you know who Ali McCoyster is? And he's like, I know who Ali McCoyster is. Get to right back. And I was like, right, who's the right back for Rangers? I was trying to go through in my head. And I was like, who's a good right back and all that? So that, I ended up in defence. And then my old boy actually took care of the boys club because they were just going to disband them. Like we were getting a wee bit too old. And it was three or four days. And they were just like, well, we'll just pop them and we'll ding me on, my dad, and it was uh, Alan Boyd at Rangers. Yeah. They two were like, no, no, wait a minute, we'll take them and we'll get other boys for the scheme and we'll put them all together. And yeah. we're, we're quite a decent wee team, yeah. a good, good wee football team, but it was like, I thought, right, my dad's in charge. I'm going to go back as a striker. Aye. Watch this. Preferential treatment. Left back. Oh, no. Like, what are you saying to me? So I think that's when I started to learn to use two feet, and that's why I done it. He said to me years later, he says, that's, he says, your left side. Obviously, my left's a lot stronger than my right now, Aye. which is odd. Aye. But uh, as I got older, I always used to go in and kid on I couldn't use my left foot. Because the automatic thing was he can use his left peg, put yeah, him yeah, a left yeah. back, a left mid. <laughs> so I used to kid on I couldn't. And then when I got to uh, Murrow, it was um, Brian Reynolds, Matt Reynolds, Aye, that was in, yeah. in charge. He was kind of charge of the roof with George Adams. And uh, it was Eddie Hunter that actually took us for our first session. Who, I don't know if you know him, he was at Queen's Park, he was their manager for a while. I do way know, back. I, I, I know who you mean, yeah. And he was mad. Mad as a I loved it, I thought it was great. Yeah. Like, he used to, I'm not saying, I'm not condoning shouting and swearing at kids, but <laughs> that's the way it was. I, I used to be like, who's this guy? Like, uh, I, I don't know if it was just because I got brought up and he said that kind of thing. I was like, this is brilliant. Uh, and then the first session, we all got our boots on and he walked us down onto Fur Park. Now, we asked all behind it. Uh, we used uh, to train there, but he walked us onto Park and we were like, we are going to play in the park? No. Running around the ash bit with our boots on. And we're like, what? Uh-huh. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not telling them, but these are just new predators. Mama will kill me. <laughs> 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 if I do, he's in. So i done it anyway. And then next minute, he had us up and down the stairs in the wee stand, the wee stand at the back. We shed, but uh, I'm doing my boots on. I said, like, Mama was definitely going to kill me. But my pal had the metal ones on, who used to get oh, the blades of the metal. So he's slipping about out of the shop. Getting abuse. Getting shouted at and we were like, Pfft. but he left a wee while after that and I was genuinely gutted when he went. Like, most of the boys are like, yes, and I'm like, what am I going to do now? Because he used to sit there and give me quite a lot of advice and 
I, I just, I, I warmed to him, I don't know why, I, I warmed to him and I loved it, but that was just, back then that's the way it was and I, I probably put him down maybe as one of my, uh, my heroes, but the first time I thought about it, but my dad was always the one, he would come and then when I went to my little, just as you said, public transport, my dad had games, he was away with his uh, team or whatever, so I had to boost and me and my mum get trained through to Murrow and then walk down for the train station down to the ground and then back up and that oh, was brilliant, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was an adventure going to train no, every night, a, honestly. It was again, it's, uh, I think that's a, a big thing as well for the, the, the mm-hmm. upbringing of kids now. Absolutely. I know it's hard to change, you know, society's changed so much, I understand that. Uh, but that feeling of making your own way, even even to the fact that, again, I know the parents at academies are allowed in to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, you know, my dad, my dad never came and watched me train. You know, it was like, Aye, very it, really. he'd maybe drop you off or and pick you up or whatever, mm-hmm. but... No, very few parents would actually stand and watch the training. Yeah. And to me, that was a good thing because it, it helps you, mate. And mm-hmm. you know, whether you've having a good time or a bad time, you build yep. a relationship with the coach. You Absolutely, you've yeah. got a problem. Go and see him. You know, see the coach. I think sometimes now it's you know the boys get a problem. It's like look over at the mum and dad, and then you like, get your dad to phone the coach. Mm-hmm. And he knows because he's been watching. You know, uh, and it's, I think you lose that connection between the player, the young player. Mm-hmm. And the coach and, and totally and agree. That, you know, and I said maybe part of that is to be unfortunately down to society, and you know the parents wanting to see mm-hmm. their kid and wanting you know needing to, to want to be out of sight almost yep. at any point. But I think we have lost a wee bit of that independence in the kids. Um, Absolutely, relying on the mum and dad for everything. You know, mm-hmm. you know to, to get in contact and build a relationship. So I think that's something again, even look forward. Um, not so much for games, but certainly for training. No, uh, absolutely. Uh, if there was something that could be done there, uh, in terms of maybe limiting the, the amount of times that the parents can mm-hmm. actually you know, stand and watch. Aye. Players go make their own way, and, and you know, make their own mm-hmm. mistakes, and, and make their own relationships. Aye, that's, that's a big thing you see, especially the me team that I've worked with, I've actually took them for 13s all the way up to now their development, but they're still only 15, 16 mm. in the girls game, and it's... Um, they're no, now you're starting to see they're not so reliable in their parents. Aye. The parents hardly ever stay and watch now because they're just like, oh. Aye, and it's not like it's mini kickers where they just Aye. get bumped off and it's child mate. It's like, no, they're fine. And, and what you're finding is with these young girls who are incredible, by the way, they've got their they've got their own opinion, they've got their own voice, Aye. and they're no, Which I think is good. they're no scared to tell you, and exactly. you're like, oh, this is this is the way it should That's be. This is them, you know, growing up. Then, Aye, and it's. Because I don't, I'm not sure that's in order, to be honest. I no, think, I think it's not. If that was the case, it would mm-hmm. be the mum that would phone Aye. and say, oh, by the way, X has got Aye. this on, they can't make it, you know, and you think they're 14, 15 year old. Definitely. You still, you still get the odd one just because the kids are a bit embarrassed to Aye, whatever well, it is, you're well, like, no, but you listen. You think, well, how do you bring that embarrassment mm-hmm. out? You Aye, know, how do you think it? Definitely. No, it's just, I mean, it's a small point, but it's certainly something else. No, it is, it's, it's, it's massive, honestly, I think the the kids these days of me and that's the next part I wanted to go into because obviously I was at Motherwell Youth Team when you were in the first team Um I enjoyed watching you when you say Max I was sitting here did shout at you uh, when I told you you uh, scored that uh, goal against uh, Rangers and I shouted at you and uh, shot over I just scored a couple to make it a draw and I went to him that's if he didn't score that goal that, that Keith man uh, I'm telling you don't like him anymore uh, <laughs> I don't like him nah I couldn't I couldn't know like you to be fair but what was um, at that time I came in I think it was the first time I ever got an injury in football, to be honest, and I was maybe 12, 13, and I had a, it was a niggle in my, my hip, but it was my groin injured, so I came in to see uh, JP, John Portis ah, at the time, who was a physio, yeah. and he treated us a bit, and I can remember sitting waiting on him, and the boys were in 
It was like a wee room off the thing me where you used to sit and watch the telly and nah, eat your breakfast and stuff. Ah, like a wee lounge and uh, at the time I didn't know what it was, I was just sitting about and <laughs> at first it was Stephen Pearson that walked in, I was Stephen Pearson, then you walked in, I was like, Keith Lasley. And then I think it was David Clarkson, he was a young kid aye, just come through at the time, yeah. and then James McFadden as well, and I was like, aye. <laughs> and I was just, I've always been a football geek since I was a wee guy, I had to have every sticker book there was, I had to have every strip, just like you saying with the strips, I was aye. like, I need them, and if another pair of socks come out, they go with that top, Dad, I need these socks, I'd be like, get to, aye. so I'd go to my gran. <laughs> I knew how it worked the system when I was younger, to be fair, but... It was like, I was sitting watching them and I'm thinking, these guys are brilliant. These are all just sitting talking, having a laugh, watching whatever it was, eating your breakfast. And I'm like, this is great. And it, it made my day when you walked in and it was, how you doing? You alright? How you doing? Because I was sitting with my Murrow track when it was about 10 years too big for me. Nah, one of these ARA numbers. Probably one of them as well. Aye, I think it was, I was going to say the same colour as this chair, but nah, it was a wee bit, it's like a funny colour, wasn't it? It's like, way out there. Aye, horrible. So that, that kind of made it for me. And were you saying your, your heroes and stuff there? So, now that's a nice touch. But what was it like playing with you guys? What was um, it like playing in that team? Because that was a good team at the time. It was a really I, good side. It was. It was a funny one because I, I think the club went through a bit of hard time mm-hmm. in the administration. Aye. Um, you know, just previous. I, I can remember. We all thought we were going to get banned. Aye, we aye. all thought it that. Was, it was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, I was. We were probably on the periphery at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you didn't probably feel. A massive part of the club yet, yeah. Like, you're still trying to make your way in it. And, yeah. Uh, but it was horrible still to see guys, you know, we basically get taken into a room and mm-hmm. you were told, you know, there and then if you've still got a job or not. Yeah. But once that was it was kind of cutthroat as it was, we all got a time slot. Uh, and with us being young players at the time, we weren't earning mm-hmm. a lot of money, and it was probably more of the younger ones that we kept on. Yep. The guys that were established, a lot of the guys were established. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it. You know, go and get your boots and away you go. Mm-hmm. So it was a tough time, but. You know, a consequence of that, and kind of uh, silver lining, I suppose, if there, if there could be one, was the emergence of some of the younger guys, but yeah. through necessity, really, more than anything. Terry, you know, took over as manager, and, and, and it was a case of we only had so many players left, so mm-hmm. he pretty much got thrust into the squad, certainly, and then ultimately into the team. Uh, he likes myself, Piero, Stevie Hamill was already in there anyway. Uh, Faddy, Clarkie, David Clarkson mm-hmm. coming in. And uh, you know it was brilliant. I mean, it was like he'd already built up such good friendships and things, anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know the kind of general banter and stuff that goes on around about a football club. But to then be thrust into a uh, pretty much into a kind of first team environment pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just adds on to that and it adds on to that feeling of togetherness that we had as a as a group at that point. Uh, everything the club was going through, yeah. us already being pally, you go boys, you in into that first team as a group, and it was. It was great for us, and and I probably think there was just no fear there because we hadn't really experienced it enough to mm-hmm. think, right, what am I actually scared about here? You know, you just got on it, you just you just full steam ahead, mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't plain sailing certainly on the park in terms of results and things, but we built up a great um, friendship really, yep. which still lasts. You talk about WhatsApp mm-hmm. group, and the, <laughs> the exact five names yep. are still in a WhatsApp group. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, we actually had a, a, a wee night in Mullaby not that long ago. I think they called it the class of O2, which was ah, uh, kind of play on the, mm. the man new one. Uh, you know, maybe a couple of steps down for the to be <laughs> fair, but it was uh, it was a you know, quite a nice title, I thought anyway. But but and that's who it was myself, Piro, Fadi, Stephen Hamill, and, and David Carson. And we're still very proud of this day. Um, I love that. 
I love that you're all still mates and stuff. Aye, and cool. I'll through the pillars of WhatsApp. It's, mm-hmm. it's very easy to be that, you know, so you mm-hmm. still keep in touch with people. And, you know, we was all kind of coming back to the club at certain times. We've kind of crossed over again. It's, it's kind of, you've kind of rekindled that friendship, if you like, even more. So, uh, but no, guys that are, you know, we're all very close still. Uh, and I think that showed, that showed out in the park as well. We, when we were younger, and then when we came back together as well, and I think, you know, over the years, I think we've had some, some great times. Some of the guys went on and, you know, like Safadi and, and uh, uh, Piro, especially in terms of going, you know, not the big, mm. big moves and big clubs. Uh, you know, Clarkey, Scotland, Hamill is the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, we obviously played in Malou for a long time as well, all of us really. So uh, at that point, we probably, none of us probably envisaged that being the case. We'd be sitting yeah. here 20 years later and we'd still all be pals and yeah. we'd still, you know, probably been through so much in the game, all of us, or had our own individual story, but mm-hmm. um, at that point it was it was brilliant and it's it's great as I say still to be in touch with these guys because it's you know it's kind of friends for life stuff. No, absolutely. Trust together and then you know you're friends for life. So uh, that's the way it is and, and it was you know, just a pleasure to you know play alongside the guys. Absolutely. Obviously James McFadden signing for Everton would have been massive in your books considering you're a supporter of Everton. Aye, so absolutely massive. It was um Aye, I mean, Faddy, he was a great talent, absolutely fantastic talent, and, uh, you know, I went down to Everton, was a, was, a, was a great move for him, and as I said, Ian Pirro, you know, got his move to Celtic, and then, mm. you know, beyond Derby, absolutely. and whatnot, so it's, I know, the boys were, you know, it's great, deserved, you know, deserved, playing a, my little team at a tough time, and they were performing mm-hmm. really, really well, so we certainly deserved their moves at the time we got them. No, absolutely. There's, um Obviously, we're touching on who you played with and stuff. Who's the best player you've played against? Too? There might be a few, but I it's a hard one. That um, again, I'm, I, I I struggle to actually pick out a player. I'm mm-hmm. going to say um, I've been asked this question quite a few times, yeah. and uh, you know, for me, certainly one of the uh, there's two or three experiences I go through. I mean, first one being my debut. I made my debut at Ibrox in yep. the year two thousand. And, you know, I think the midfield that day was a young Barry Ferguson, mm-hmm. who was very good. Giovanni Bronckhurst, Jorg Alberts, oh. uh, Ronald Boer, possibly, and Claudio Arena, I think. Ah, that's yeah, a, Two a guys midfield. on the bench. Mm-hmm. Thing. You know, you had Arthur Newman on one side, you had, uh, honestly, it was mm-hmm. like Michael Moles up front, it was plus singles. And I came, I, I, I always remember, it was actually Billy Davis that week, mm-hmm. he phoned me on Friday night, I thought I had no chance of playing, yeah. out of the blue, I phoned my, phoned my mom and dad's house, mm-hmm. and I just spoke to my dad first, my dad said, oh, somebody wants to speak mm-hmm. to his gaffer. He says, oh, you're, you're just, uh, you're going to play tomorrow. And I was like, just like, Disbelief. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we're not to play the game, and after that game, I've never felt as tired after a game. Uh, and I don't mean that physically; I mean mentally yeah. after a game. I, I can't think of another game through my whole career that I felt as tired after it mentally, mm-hmm. because yeah, I was maybe worked up for the game, but coming out of that game, how hard you had to think, just mm-hmm. about the caliber of this player that you'd go and try and press, and they just didn't get by, and just the physicality, the size, your Gilberts. Van Bronckhurst, or uh, you know, just the specimens that they mm-hmm. were, for want of a better word, uh, and just the way they played the game, you know, their thought processes, yep. how they how they played the game, how the spaces they took up, the 
it was like an education. You know, at 90 minute, it was like a microcosm of, of, of a football education yeah. crammed into, you know, a lifetime's mm-hmm. knowledge into that 90 minutes. And we lost the game 2-0, which actually felt like a moral victory at the time. Aye. Uh, which going to Ibrox at that point wasn't it? an easy task, given mm. the side that they had. But playing against some of these sort of guys, Brockers, Albert, Rayner, Barry Ferguson, who was absolute punk, uh, you know, even guys like Two Guy, and it, it just it, it was an education. So I would say that mm-hmm. that's something that always sticks in my mind. Yeah. Always, it, it was absolute education of football. Mm-hmm. You know, playing against these guys as a group. Um, so without picking an individual, individual. That, that 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 group. Um, I think after that, then you probably probably a kind of Celtic team that came along with Martin O'Neill, yep. which was different in the sense that it was physical, Aye. strong, solid play, team, but it was athletically, it was a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. Stylian Petrov making runs off you. Ah, he's a machine at that one, eh? Neil Lennon just strong, kept the ball so well, Paul Lambert, intelligent player, and, you know, and then you'd, you know, big Chris Sutton would come back into midfield mm-hmm. and play, Larson and Hartson up front, and it, it was just a different challenge, but probably as challenging, yeah. just in different ways. Uh, so again, I'd probably lose that group, that was tough, mm-hmm. you know, again, Going to Park and Ibrox in these days was it was like it's not like any game against them mm-hmm. that you played to be honest. So again, I'd probably say that team. And the last thing I'd probably say is probably go back to the European games. Um, again, something I've never thought I'd get a chance to do. I ended up playing twenty odd games in Europe, Champions League qualifier, or Europa League. So and what you get the chance to do is we played Levante, mm-hmm. we just finished Aye. fifth or sixth in La Liga, Panathinaikos, who mm-hmm. you know. I was saying the third in the Greek league, Nancy at that point when they had you know some fantastic players in that team, and again without picking probably individuals out. Um, I mean, there's a couple of Renaulty do some, yeah. some really good things. For, for instance, the boy Abora, who's now a, a big centre midfield player who was at Levante, went to Sevilla for a lot yeah. of money, and now he's at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, big midfield player again, big tall, a monster of player. Without eh? picking one out, just I mean, even some of the teams from. Uh, Iceland, Breda, but remember when them, mm-hmm. from Norway, and it was just a different challenge. It was just, it was, uh, uh, as I said before, they'd suck you in, they kind of play around the corner, mm-hmm. and uh, use of our body, and uh, you know, even getting fouls, taking fouls. It was all like, right, this is different. I, need, I can't, I can't just do what I do every Saturday here. I need mm-hmm. to think about this. I need to. I need to try and guess what he's going to do to try, you know, try to second yeah, you yeah. know, it's and it again that probably made me think differently about football, mm-hmm. particularly the games in Europe. Um, so again, that was probably my, you know, that Rangers team, that Celtic team, and then I would say kind of European games as a whole without picking. About a learning curve, the European games then. Sorry. About a learning curve when you were in the European so, games. It's I, very much so. Probably the biggest learning curve out of it all. Um, uh, certainly later in my career, mm-hmm. that's when we played them all. But hi, it was it's, it's weird to try and explain, and you know, in a few sentences. But it was just it was that element of it was just a different style of football. You know, play an Icelandic team, they'd be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Play a Spanish team, Levante, for instance, yeah, slightly different. Greek team, you know, it, they all had their own kind of nuances, mm-hmm. but it was just certainly different from your SPL. Oh, uh, you know, it was different. Type. It, mm-hmm. it was a bit. Um, 
you know, lower pace and, 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 and even getting used to that, I mean, going and playing in temperatures and things. I remember we played, you know, we played Panathon, mm-hmm. we crossed over there, and the game kicked off at quarter to ten at night, and it was still at 35 degrees, you know, and it's like, ah, this is, uh, you know, so it can be at a good pace mm-hmm. constantly you know it has Aye. to become a little bit more tactical and a little bit you, more I need to adapt to it you, you need to adapt, adapt to it you just have to because mm-hmm. you can't go hammer dogs for 90 minutes and you know for a player like myself who that's how I wanted to play mm-hmm. the game I want no, I want to run up and down Aye. I want to just mash into each other I want to you know get the ball and play and run and, and it's like well good luck doing that <laughs> for 90 minutes it's just not happening um, so it, Again, all that brought its own challenges, but brilliant, you know, great, brought me on as a player absolutely mm-hmm. no end. And even now, the coaching side, you actually start to think back and think, I would even like the stuff we've been talking about, mm-hmm. the, the players, the different way they play the game. Uh, you think, oh, he done that, and you know, he dropped into that space when he went there. And, you know, and it's, you start to think back a wee instances mm-hmm. in certain games, absolutely. you think, oh, that's interesting, I, uh, you, you remember these things. but. Um, so I luckily been through all, you know so many different types of challenge probably, um, and I think it ultimately ends up forming what you end up as a player as well. Definitely. All your yeah. so, um, and funnily enough, it probably ended why I felt as if probably my better years were my latter years. Mm-hmm. Probably through all of the experiences we just spoke about, that it probably put all that together, and then I probably had a better understanding myself of the game, and, and as I say, probably achieved. The better things in my career towards the towards the latter end. What's on the the iTunes or the Spotify or what you, what you listen to these days? It's one we always finish on. So. Aye. Um, or who's the band that you always go aye. to if you need them? Well, I've got a bit of an eclectic mix. I've got to say. Good. I'm, I'm all over the place. Good. I like that. Um, depends what I'm probably doing. To be honest with you, I mean, I like. I've always liked my kind of dance music, mm-hmm. kind of house music, late like nineties. Head candy-ish sort, nice, of, sort nice. of stuff. I'm always wasn't expecting that before. Uh, I no, I've always that. been into that. I was mm. kind of a, when I was first starting to get into tuning all, uh, uh, all that sort of stuff. A couple of mates were DJs when they were younger actually. Brilliant. So I think that probably got me in there. Mm. You know, not too mad. Just, ah, just good, nice, nice chilled vibes. Nice, ah. uh, chilled dance music. Um, and then probably a bit of indie music as well. Aye. Big Charlotte's fan. Nice. Uh, but you see them quite a lot of times. Uh, again, probably kind of early, mid 90s, sort of indie. Mm-hmm. So Oasis is probably one in terms of. But that time, Aye. as I say, that kind of time, Charlotte's were probably just before that. But that whole kind of scene. Oh, absolutely, like, aye. Kind of mid 90s scene. I think I battered my old boy. He, he had the uh, Ocean Colour scene. Aye, all that. Cassettes, and I've oh, battered aye, it in the water. I loved Ocean it. Ocean Colour scene, all the Embrace, Oasis, Blur. Uh, you know, it was all the all them, but I probably Charlotte's are the the other ones I've went to. I mean, I like, I like to do, I like our gig as well, mm-hmm. Oasis a couple of times. Brilliant. Um, um, but I probably, probably the Charlotte's in terms of bands. That's, that's, that's impressive, I like that. Aye, it was, thanks very much for coming no, on, mate, I appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you.
about it, how do you feel? 